Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids and our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. And in this episode, we consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. But on this episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Jeff Beavis, co-founder and CEO of First Light Home Care, a Cincinnati-based company serving seniors, veterans, peoples with disability, and individuals recuperating from surgery and injury nationwide, and soon Canada. At First Life, Jeff brings his experience not only in business and franchising, but also caregiving to the fore. All of which is to say, welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Jennifer. Great to be here. So at the Breadwinners, we talk a lot about working kids, but we know, everyone knows, there's way more facets to caregiving than just, you know, our kids and parenting. So I thought it'd be lovely to talk about one of those other facets, which is elder care. And so at the Breadwinners, we often start with a stat. And because we're overachievers here today, I found two to get us started. The Family Caregivers Alliance, which is a great group, and I will link to them in the show notes. They track a lot of these stats and they say that more than one in six Americans working full-time or part-time report that they are assisting in the care of an elderly or disabled family member, relative, or friend. And then of those employed caregivers, more than half are working full time. And so I thought, <laughs> I thought I'd hand those two numbers to you and say, what did those stats say to you? Yes. Well, it, those are two great stats, great ones to start with too, Jennifer, because one more that I would just add to try to help round out the impact is we have uh, 49% of the American workforce cares for an aging family member in some way, shape, or form today. And that's a pretty staggering number. So the the whole impact of caring for aging parents or family members, along yeah. with caring for our kids, or in some cases, our adult kids, is really uh, not just a growing phenomenon. It's been a major impact in society now for the last, really, 10 years since the baby boomer bubble really first with an increasing aging population. And all of us want to certainly care for, you know, our aging family members in one way, shape, or form. And we have a couple core options, but boy, it doesn't get any easier. No. And one of the stats we often talk about the breadwinners is that women's earnings are what is propping up the middle class. So because overall men's earnings have gone down or the wages, like it's not going with inflation, all that. So what's keeping our families' finances together is the fact that we're all working. So there's no one more so than it just gets more so than ever that there isn't like a full-time person at home to be able to like, you know, also take care of mom or, you know, your mother-in-law. And meanwhile, your mom, your dad, my life right now, it's my dad, wants to be home. They want to be independent. My grandmother, she was in her home until in the early 90s. Who doesn't want to be in their own home? Right, So, right. And it's kind of terrifying. But even if they have a partner at home, because they're probably a little older too. So what are the trends right now? Is <laughs> I feel like I live the trends, but is that a trend in, like, or is that just me? <laughs> no, you are not alone. You are definitely <laughs> living the trend. Again, so many of the, what we call the adult child is 
in most cases, I have an adult child. <laughs> well, yeah, it's t- actually you. You are the adult child across the elder care spectrum. Most of the adult children are female. Most, as in sixty-nine percent, mm. are the true decision makers for caring for that aging parent or parents. And it is the daunting task. But we see so many of the adult children who are just stressed and trying to carry a full-time job and oftentimes, you know, manage their households and and care for their own kids too. So that's where our service comes into play to help people with that added stress. Most people, as you mentioned too, Jennifer, do want to stay in their own homes. There's an AARP survey that's been done annually in each of the last seven years. It's been as low as 89%, as high as 95%. As low as 89%. That's awesome. (laughs) Think about that. As low as 89%, as high as 95% of seniors say they want to remain in their own home. Not as long as possible, period. So you're living a very real phenomenon. I don't need to probably remind you of that, but you are not alone. (laughs) Well, so tell me about First Light. How do you react to that? Sure. So, well, we, you know, I guess first, just to clarify, we're a home care company for listeners. There's home health, which is basically nurses in the home. That's from the medical side. And there's home care. Home care is what we do. We're non-medical. So it's providing companion care, personal care, and also dementia care. We do provide that care by the hour, anywhere from two to three hours a day, up to and including 24-7 or live-in care and everything in between. Our typical client takes about 21 to 22 hours of care per week. The typical decision maker, again, is the adult child. It's not really the actual senior. Yeah. And we do provide the care in private homes, but also inside senior living communities. So we'll have caregivers inside assisted living facilities and skilled nursing facilities and rehab facilities. That demand is, is everywhere. Wow. Yes. Because uh, the senior living facility is like when they kind of go into the, the center ring there and it's more about medical and it's kind of, oh, that's interesting. I, I really am thinking with my dad right now, you know, like sure. if you could have extra hands because it's all on his, my lovely stepmom to be sure. the social world for him because of COVID too. We can't visit too. So yeah. there's a lot of that. So can we talk a little bit about it's difficult enough. It is. <laughs> there's a need <laughs> enough. And now, like, now let me throw a little like a joker into the mix and say COVID. <laughs> yeah, just throw a little pandemic in there yeah. and see what sure. thing works. So you're exactly right. It's challenging enough without a pandemic. And now since COVID has, has been uh, facing us front and center now the last really almost six six months plus, that has put a whole different approach to the senior living communities because bless their heart, they're trying to keep people safe, but the whole social interaction or lack thereof with families is just crushing. What we've had to do is just a quick snapshot. Pre-COVID, we were helping clients and families inside those, those facilities, usually augmenting their care. So with COVID, we were obviously locked out for a little bit of a period, but we are considered essential workers. And we've had to go through and maintain PPE and testing and exposure protocols and pandemic requirements right alongside the facilities and really right alongside the hospitals and the medical communities too, because the senior living facilities were, they were having nurses or staff not show up because of COVID in their own lives. So they were reaching out to us even more 
So the senior living facilities now, for the most part, have loosened up, as you probably know. It's, yeah, yep. it's still a matter, though, of trying to strike a fine balance of, of certainly safety and protection for everybody, but then trying to, to put that social interaction and socialization back into each senior's life. So important. Jeez, I mean, the social side of it, I can feel it. I mean, it is a completely earned experience on my side of, you know, dad's by himself. You know, yeah, he's surrounded yeah. by by the caregivers, but they're coming in and going and they have other patients and, and they, right. oh man, they are the nicest people in the world. What a calling. And thank you so much for what you do. But if would be possible, my dad's love of his life would sit with him and would be with him all day and can't. They take him outside, you know, like they roll him out. <laughs> they sit, they <laughs> hang out. She brings the dog and, you know, they, they hang great. out. But it took a lot to get there. You know, like it wasn't, it's only been very recently that talk about loosening up, you know. Right, right. So, yes. Can we talk a little bit about the social impact? Because I, I can feel it. I think we're so... I don't know. I, I, I often think as before getting into this world, I often thought of it as purely like the medical side, I guess. I think of health mm -hmm. and hadn't really thought about the social side of it as sure, much. Sure. Well, and, and again, you're not alone. That, that seems to be my, maybe my mantra of the of the day here with you, but <laughs> you're not alone <laughs> there you. either, either <laughs> Jennifer, because most people know the home health world, the nurses in the home, the yes. medical side. As an industry, not just as a company, but as an industry, home care, we're kind of a best kept secret because most people don't realize we'll, we'll do the companion care and personal care services I was talking about. The companion care are really more of the social interactions that you are referring to. Things like, yeah. you know, um, cooking a meal, light housekeeping, errands, transportation, sit and talk, sit and, sit and read, take a walk. Yeah. Um, those are really strong social services that the seniors, whether they're in a senior living room facility or in their own home, still need and oftentimes get kind of ignored just because the kids, the family are busy with their own lives, too. So yeah. we're able to kind of fill a gap there. Oh, that's awesome. And which leads me to the caregiver's as well, like, especially if I could see that that would be like completely thinking about Kathy, that she could leave and yes. go take a few moments to herself while he's, while there's a new friend visiting. That makes all the difference. We're also able to give people respite care or, you know, balance and put a little balance back in their lives. Because like you said, your father would, he prefer to sit with her the entire day. Well, she probably has that interest too, but yeah. she also has other things that she wants to do or has to do. So, yes, you're exactly right. That's where our services are able to come in and give, in this case, her a break and still be attentive and helpful and enjoyable to your father. And what's happening with the caregivers right now? I mean, would they all, like if we turn around and look back at them with the normal stress parenting the whole sandwich generation business there's always a new sandwich generation right we just <laughs> that's right just goes goes up the next level and then the pandemic i mean that's a lot that's a lot right <laughs> it is it is well i think to answer your question the caregivers first of all are very much responding to a, a calling i can't say enough about the caregivers we have but also caregivers all across our entire home care industry it's amazing the stories and the connections that we're able to make and really help families. But the caregivers right now, with the pandemic, it's it's just doubled or tripled the stress and pressure because 
I guess maybe just to frame this for you too, we, as a company, we need to help our offices hire 5,000 caregivers this year just to keep up. So if you use that as a frame of reference, and that's just to keep up, that's not really adding offices or additional growth. Now, that was pre-COVID, but it, COVID hasn't really changed it much. Yeah. The complications have come from, because now the caregivers and you know their families, they, we have to make sure we're taking care and giving them all the precautions and PPE too, so they continue to do their work. But they've got to also juggle the risk of, well, what if I'm out as a caregiver and potentially I'm exposed? What's the risk to my family, to the caregiver's family? So that's really added a lot of stress and pressure. Uh, I yeah. think the vast majority of our caregivers have really stepped up and really let that, that what we call caring is their calling, uh, yeah. carry the day. But in fairness, we have also had many caregivers that said, look, I, I can't go to work right now because my kids are not in school or my kids are online yes. from, from home, or I've had an exposure in my own family, nothing to do with their caregiving, but they, yeah. ca- yep. they can't risk coming back to work and potentially exposing our clients, you know, right. the actual seniors. So it has definitely complicated the caregivers' lives too. And then you've got the family members as well. I mean, the, I had seen a stat a, a long time ago that there's something like 18 billion hours of unpaid care, you know, that, that go like, I wonder if that number has gone up in this moment right now. I just, I don't know. I just, it, at first with COVID too, that you didn't realize who knew or somebody knew, but knew who knew that it was going to last this long and that right. we'd have to recalibrate. So well, maybe just two yeah. additional frames for you here. One, when we had COVID hit, from the first four to six weeks, we did see a dip in caregiver hours. We had families who said, you know, my daughter, my son, my granddaughter, grandson are, are going to be home from work. They've said they're going to take care of me. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So that yeah. was kind of the early phenomenon. But by late April, early May, we started seeing the requests coming back because right. quite honestly, and we had a lot of the adult children tell us this wow, this is hard, hard work. Yeah. And now I'm working from home. I can't do both of these. So I yeah. need you guys to come back and help my mom or help my dad. Yeah. Since then, it's demand is just going through the roof. But yeah. the other component I was going to mention to you there was just to the stat you were talking about, there's a statistic with uh, from SHRM, the Society yeah. of Human Resource Management, regarding lost time productivity due oh. to home care due to yeah. senior care. And it was $25.1 billion with a B last year. So yeah, that's an enormous number of time and money impact that people have to spend away from work. You know, they've lost time at work yep. having to care for an aging family member. And you want to, but it's so different with elder care than with child care. Sure. Everyone knows. But back before the pandemic, you could know when your kids were going to be in school, there was a promise that, you know, <laughs> they went in at 830, they came out at two, you know, and it, and it was stressful because no work day ends at that time and, all, you know, all right, that sort of stuff. Right. But there were 
parameters and they were away doing their thing and being in learning and socializing. And even in that moment, elder care, dealing with an adult who has something to say and you have a relationship with them as your parent, that you respect them as your parent and you want, you know, you want so much for them, but they're also not a four-year-old that you can boss around. (laughs) It's just just so many added levels of relationship and they don't necessarily work on a time schedule. (laughs) No, not at all. Not at all. And as they age, that time schedule probably goes more, even more out the window. And I think to your point, you know, you have truly the kids who can follow a pretty regular schedule with school. You're supposed to put them on a sleep schedule. Try that with your dad. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, the adult child, what we have found, Jennifer, is the adult child looks to us sometimes too, to be able to get back to the daughter or the son relationship and not the caregiver relationship. Not saying that's bad. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's an added strain that sometimes is not what, you know, a father and daughter or father and son envisioned their role to be. Right. Yeah, that's deep because that's real. That's very real. Yes. And it sneaks up on you, you know, that when it when it becomes that. So, huh. Yes. I I uh, lied to my dad for the first time uh uh last week. Uh Aww. He wanted me to bring the car around, and I told him I'd do it in the morning, <laughs> knowing <laughs> I'll never bring the car around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Well, that's, I could bore you for hours with stories. I, I think I mentioned to you earlier, I, I've been a caregiver now. This is my fifth time in my life, and I'm caring for my 85 and 86-year-old parents who live about five minutes away from us. They still want to remain independent, so we're doing everything we can to enable that. They're actually First Light Home Care customers, but I'm over there about every other day, too. But yeah. prior to that, my in-laws lived with us for six years before they, they passed. And one of the scenarios one day was my father-in-law said, you know, I want to drive the car. And we had already taken away the keys and he had early dementia. So we had to really compensate for that and allow for that without agitating him. Right. But we literally went out and disconnected the battery in the car and then went out and tried to turn the key and start the car. And that may sound mean, but that was a way to at least help him see, look, the car's not working well right now. We have to take the car to the shop. We can't go out and drive right now Yep, because we were just trying to keep him safe. Yes, and to give him a scenario that he can grasp onto as to what's happening. Yeah, and especially with dementia, early dementia even more so, but they have kind of the fleeting memories there and they can go sit in a car start talking about something that happened 40, 50 years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, but yet not know where they are today. Yeah. So that's part of the value too, is to be able to go and sit in the car and at least talk. And I remember sitting there with him for about 20 minutes and he was talking about as a, as a boy on the farm and driving the, the, the farm truck, but it was just the fact of being in the, in the car. In the car. Know? And, and uh, I know I I actually am filing that away. <laughs> that's a good trick. Yeah that's, your, I, um, yeah. that's your tip for the day. He, uh, my dad doesn't get and that his wife and I are in cahoots because I'm often the good cop and his wife is always the bad cop. You know, if anything bad happens, she gets blamed. And so uh, I'm 100% on board with supporting bad cop because bad cop knows what's right. But he doesn't, uh, you know, so if he vents to me, then he doesn't realize that it's often me framing like, oh, that's interesting. You know, so with the car, I've said I would talk to his wife about having uh, her bring the car in the morning, betting that he would not 
remember any of this because it was late and you know yeah. at night and stuff because I can only talk to him by phone or FaceTime so you know that's it's a, it's different and but then I immediately called my stepmom and said by the way <laughs> I, I told dad that you'd be bringing the car around in the morning so yeah. so just in case he brings it up which he didn't <laughs> but it was a calculated risk but sure uh, sure yeah, you but have I felt to. bad you know like, yeah. to actually out and out lie right because because the main thing is we want to be caring and sensitive and considerate. I mean, that's our mom. That's our dad. Yep. So, you know, that's the only way you really know to be. But by the same token, we've got to protect them and make and yep. take precautions so that we're not enabling them to hurt themselves. So true. Tough decisions. Very much so. Well, thank you. You've been very helpful to me. And I know for sure that we have a lot of listeners who are dealing with elder care of all shades in their lives right now. So thank you for joining us on The Breadwinners. Thanks for having me. Our guest today with Jeff Beavis of First Light Home Care. You will find links to what we talked about and to First Light uh, in the episode description, wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit us anytime at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com to ask a question, share your story, offer some feedback. How are you making it work? We'd love to know. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps. Let us know what you think about the breadwinners. Help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.